Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Pick and Politics. I'm Josh Holstein. And I'm Brandy Wells. So for today's political segment, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about early voting totals and vote-by-mail totals. So NBC News has a tracker that they use that tracks each state's total votes, uh, mail-in ballots and early votes. And so far, um, as of just now, actually, I just finished updating it like a half an hour ago, 15,588,264 um, Americans have voted. Now, when it comes to how they voted, 50% voted Democrat so far, 32% have voted Republican, 18% are independents that have voted. So... Um, the perception is, according to most polling, is that um, somewhere between 66 and 75% of voters that vote by mail will be voting for Joe Biden. And somewhere between 66 and 80% of those who vote in person on Election Day will be voting for President Trump. So um, we have a spreadsheet here that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, to kind of let you know where the state stands. So, in order for the state to be really competitive, um, you know, the Democrat vote shouldn't be any more than 70%. The Republican vote shouldn't be any more than 30%, maybe 35%, uh, because this is all early vote total. So, uh, Nevada is 50, as of right now, 39,000 people have voted, 50% Democrat, 26% Republican, 24% Independent. Arizona, 146,000 have voted, 50% Democrat, 29% Republican, 21% Independent. Wisconsin, 749,000 people have voted, 40% Democrat, 38% Republican, 22% Independent. Very, very, very close for mail-in and early votes. So that leads me to think, here I could be wrong, but it leads me to think that uh, President Trump just, I mean, not even if these numbers hold, but since already nearing a million people have voted in Wisconsin, and uh, these are that close, I would say President Trump will have a hard time losing Wisconsin with these numbers. Uh, Virginia, 52% Democrat, 35% Republican, uh, 13%, oh, excuse me, yeah, 13% Independent, 1,059,000 voted there. New Hampshire, 51% Democrat, 18% Republican, 31% Independent, 63,000 people voted. Maine, 129,000 people voted, 59% Democrat, 18% Republican, 23% Independent. Texas, 516,000 have voted, 44% Democrat, 48% Republican, 8% Independent. Florida, 1,901,000 have voted, 51% Democrat, 29% Republican, 20% Independent. North Carolina, 532,000 have voted, 51% Democrat, 18% Republican, 31% Independent. Michigan, 40% Democrat, 40% Republican, 20% Independent, with 1,209,000 people voted. Also, a really, really significant number and a very good number for Republicans in Michigan. Iowa, 58% Democrat, 27% Republican, 15% Independent, with 321,000. Ohio, 43% Democrat, 45% Republican, 12% Independent, with 503,000 voting. Pennsylvania, 76% Democrat, 16% Republican, 8% Independent, with 508,000 people voting. So for the national, those are the swing states, and for the national total vote, 15,588,264 have voted. Um, 
It's approximately 7,794,000 Democrats, 4.9 million Republicans, and 2.8 million Independents. So these aren't as good as the numbers that Democrats had hoped for or that polling reflects. Um, so this could be an indication on where, now I'm not, spe- I, I am speculating here, but this could be an indication um, of what election night might look like. Um, it might be a lot closer than what people think and what people realize and what the polls are showing. Um, because if the polls were right, we, instead of the national popular vote being 50, 32 to 18, we would be somewhere between 67, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would be much, much, much. Um, broader yeah it, it would so uh we'll see what happens there also there's a huge absolutely huge poll that came out from tableau which is uh, a polling agency that sponsors with axios and survey monkey all right they uh surveyed the entire country but they also broke it down by each state they uh, started polling september 17th and just finished it last night at midnight they interviewed 187,920 people that responded to their full poll. All right, so here's something significant that I wanted to bring up to you guys. Wyoming um, was the state President Trump won the most in, percentage-wise, in 2016. Uh, it's still up there, but West Virginia has surpassed West West Virginia has surpassed Wyoming in their support for the president. They're number one right now, which is our state. Uh, Biden at 34%, uh, Trump at 64% according to their poll. Uh, Trump got 67% here last time, so that's probably pretty accurate. Um, This has him um, winning all the traditional Republican states, and... um, including Texas, uh, South Carolina, and Georgia. Ohio and Iowa, he's also winning. Um, It shows Georgia and Florida an exact tie. Um, Let's see here. Arizona, just a three-point difference. Nevada, a five-point difference with Biden in the lead in both of those. Uh, Pennsylvania, a six-point lead for Biden. Michigan, a seven-point lead for Biden. Wisconsin, it says an 11-point lead for Biden. Minnesota, it says a 14-point lead for Biden. New Hampshire, a 9-point lead for Biden. So if this map is exactly right, Trump will lose handedly. Um, But if this map is just a percent or two off, um, it's going to be super close, super close. So I guess we'll see, but I just wanted to share this with you guys and let you all see it. Um, the national total with 604,000 people um, has Biden 53 to Trump 45 and a half. So we will see. Also, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. A G B. Sorry, I had to do that. That was, but it, that was really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brandy. I hated but. that so much. Ew. Sips coffee. I, hate, um, I also hated that. She hates everything. She's a miserable person, guys. Um, she didn't like that that well. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Amy Coney Barrett, judge. I think she lived in Indiana. I think so. But anyway, she's on the Seventh Circuit Court. Uh, Trump appointed her early, I think, 2017 or 2018. She is Trump's 
third Supreme Court nomination, first being Neil Gorsuch, second being Brett Kavanaugh, and her coming in at third, Amy Coney Barrett. She, um, they're actually in the middle of her. They, they had to do the three initials because she's replacing RBG. Right, yeah. They had to. Had to. Obviously. Right. But <laughs> that's the only reason she got the picked. The only reason. <laughs> that's That was their list of nominees. That was the deciding factor. Three <laughs> named judges. Was the only way, and they're like, "This is a cool name," and then that's what they went with. So, um, yeah, she's um, she's endured three days of the Senate confirmation hearings, which have not been as bad as Brett Kavanaugh's by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not accusing him of being like a serial rapist, but or her anyways. But also, Maisie Hirono, senator from Hawaii, did ask her if she's ever sexually assaulted someone. Very I random. Saw that. And uh, she's like, have you ever um, I had someone like what was it made like sexual advances um, in order to get what you wanted or something? She's yeah. like, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> so one thing that really stood out to me, you know, she she answered almost all the questions that she could. She didn't want to get into any cases that she might face while being on the court in the Seventh Circuit now, or if she becomes the next Supreme Court justice. She didn't want to answer any questions that would put her in a predicament if a case ever came up. But she did answer several questions, and she has a, a an astute uh, memory. She I is mean, it's really great. So smart. It's yeah, she really is. She brought, and you know, I saw a comparison that showed a picture of Brett Kavanaugh with his notes, and the desk there in the Senate was completely piled. No, oh, yeah. Full of notes, handwritten notes. And then from you him. look at the stute of the senators and their notes. Oh yeah. And then she Amy Coney Barrett, notepad. yeah, a blank yeah. Notepad. So Senator John Corn and the senior senator from Texas uh, said, "Would you mind showing us your notes?" And she lifted up the notepad and she just smiled and held it there, and it was blank. I'm like, "What well, yes. a legend! A legend! <laughs> this literally is legendary." And she's just like, "They were like, well, what does it say?" And she's like, "White House Senate yeah. or whatever United, United States, States Senate. Senate." Yeah, and they were just like, "Nice." Nice. And she's just like. I mean, I mean, she's quoting cases. She's quoting exact lines from opinions on cases. I mean, she can. She's like, yeah, I said this in an interview in 1998, and she's like, and then I got interrupted. I mean, just like everything. It's, so it's, it's, cre- it's yeah. creepy how Her memory, much she remembers. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's insane. But she, she most definitely should be confirmed, um, and will be confirmed. I could also see several Democrats joining there because there's absolutely no controversy and no excuse to this. No, to not there's no reason her. other than they just don't want him to have They somebody. just don't want Trump to have a nominee. So several of the Democrats must confirm her. If they don't, they're going to face trouble when they're up for re-election. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep you guys updated on that. Probably She'll probably be confirmed. Maybe not the next podcast, but the one after that, before the election sometime. You think it takes that long? Yeah, because they they got to pass it out of committee and then the full floor gotcha, vote. Gotcha. So it'll probably be sometime October 20-something. Um, but uh, also, coming up, we will not have a podcast on uh, November 2nd because that's the ele- the week of the election. That's the Monday of the election when we always record. So it'll, uh, you guys won't have it that week. Um, we will have like a special election podcast with my personal updates if I win or lose. Uh, we'll also go over some um, 
If he loses, it may be delayed like six six months. weeks. <laughs> but no, we'll like be a fine. year. We'll just actually quit the podcast. It'll <laughs> be too depressing. I'll just come in here and pour coffee on the recorder. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I'm done. But um, start singing. I'll have to start singing uh the suicide song by Queen. Oh gosh. I discovered that today. It was magical. Yeah, Brandy's going to talk about that in a minute. Her magical discovery of the song Suicide by Queen. Don't, don't try suicide. It's actually what it's called. Yeah, quote unquote. Yeah. But, but anyways, um, yeah, so we'll have probably a very lengthy election night coverage there. I'll probably spend somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour going over everything. Um Hard to tell. It could either be a celebratory uh, rundown or a just full-on rant. Yeah. 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 So just It'll be exciting yourself. either way. Prepare yourself. <laughs> um, I highly doubt that we'll have a confirmed presidential winner on election night um, because of all the mail-in ballots. I highly doubt it. Um, now, I might be wrong. Unless one of them are winning so much that they can call it, um, Which I don't think will happen. I mean, the polls tell us that it, it's going to for Biden, but I mean, I, I don't see that happening. But that's just me personally. But I also didn't see Hillary winning in 2016. And on election night, I was like, he's going to win this. And I was hesitant weeks before then, but on that night, I was like, yeah, he's got it. I just felt it. You know, I just felt like, I'm like, this man's not going away anytime soon. That was the thing. I'm like, I can imagine Hillary being president. I could. I mean, and I really couldn't imagine Trump being president at the time. It just didn't seem right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I can't imagine this man losing. Like yeah. he doesn't. He's not a loser. No. He doesn't lose under any circumstances. True. And so, and I feel the same way today. And I just don't think that somebody that's nearly brain dead can beat him when a qualified, a very qualified. First female national candidate for either political party for the for the for the presidential ticket couldn't still couldn't beat him. Yeah, you know, I mean, and they, um, this brain dead forty seven year career yeah, politician. Yeah, you're telling me Hillary couldn't beat him. A yeah. Biden can. Yeah, it makes no sense. And she is nearly as crazy as he is. And he's had plenty of accomplishments. Trump has since yeah. then. I thought you meant Biden. No, no. Biden's had no accomplishments. Accomplishments? I mean, you can say what you... People can say what they want about Hillary now. I was no fan of Hillary Clinton, of course. No, I was still, But I still, clear. Hillary was much more... First off, much more qualified. Mm-hmm. Second, was smart. Yeah. Now, that's one thing that you can never take away from that woman. That woman's intelligent. Oh, she's a genius. She's very intelligent. Very she, smart. She's, all, she's politically smart, and she's book smart. Yeah. Um... Now, I don't agree with on hardly any of her positions, but she, and she's much more moderate than Biden is now. She Biden doesn't have beat, a choice. She would have beat any other candidate. I think she would have, would too. Have, if they would, if I, it's just the way it un- unfolded. The fact that Trump won, I, oh my God, he beat out Ted Cruz, like all yeah. these people that were highly qualified to be president. Yeah, Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio, all these people. Jeb. Uh, Jeb. Nobody <laughs> deserves to have the name, ugh. Jeb? Jeb exclamation mark. Jeb? That was that... his that was his slogan. Jeb exclamation mark. <sighs> <sighs> anyway. Terrible. They were all very qualified. They would have been good presidents, but none of them would have beat her. They wouldn't have beat her. No, she would have won. Yeah. And I, I, think... I still don't know how Trump did it. I really don't. Like if honestly if you think about it, I don't know how he won. He ran one of the right places. Yeah. I mean, that's where it's really, you know. 
just had a lot of people that just didn't want her. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it was yeah, they just didn't want her to be president. A lot of it, yeah. A lot of it was. Well, I mean, and it reflects that in the exit polls because yeah. the exit polls in 2016, um, CNN does the best there. I know that's weird for to hear me say that, but they do. They do the best with their exit polling, and they always they they show, and it was like 30 percent were voting for Trump. 30% were voting for Hillary, and the rest of the uh, 40% of the country were voting against either candidate. Yeah. I think that's going to be this time, too. It's not. It's not if you look at it. Really? No. It's like 38 or 39% for Trump and like 20-some percent for, for Biden, and then the rest is against Trump hmm. with a slight against Biden, like three or four points, according to – but there's no exit polls. You know, that's, that's taken after the election. Right. Um, this is just polling now. But, uh, I mean, Trump's definitely going to have more people voting for him now because he's an incumbent. Yeah. And, you know, but there'll still be some more for Biden, against Biden, rather. Yeah. That, uh, you know, that was against Hillary, too. But that's all for today's political segment. Now it's time for our pop culture segment where we talk about literally anything other than politics. This week, we have a variety of stories. Uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of sports and talk about how the Lakers have won the NBA championship uh, this season um, in the bubble at Disney World. Uh, this is from CNN. It reads, Los Angeles Lakers are NBA champions, defeating the Miami Heat 106-93 to in Game 6 of the Finals on Sunday night, winning the best of a seven series, um, four games to two. It's the 17th title for the franchise, tying the Lakers with the Boston Celtics for the most all-time in NBA history. This was the Lakers' first NBA Finals appearance since 2010 when the late Kobe Bryant won his fifth and final NBA title. It's the fourth championship for LeBron James in his 10th NBA Finals. James previously won two titles with the Heat in 2012 and 2013 and the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016. On Sunday, he became the NBA's all-time leading leader in playoff games played at 260. He finished the night with a triple-double, 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists. He was named NBA Finals MVP, the fourth time he has received this honor. James is the first player in NBA history to earn NBA Finals MVP with three different teams. Only Michael Jordan has ever won more NBA Finals MVP awards, and he has six. So congratulations to the Lakers. I wasn't I wasn't really interested in the NBA this year. Usually I watch the finals. I just didn't seem very exciting just because it was in the bubble. Yeah. It was just kind of boring. But um, I hear it was a good game. And uh, Bachelor Nation, which is fans of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, were rooting for the Lakers because on Sunday night, if they didn't win, then they would be playing on Tuesday night, which would push the premiere of The Bachelorette back a week. So, like, everybody was saying, you know, they've got to win. they got to win. Yeah. And they did. So, good so for the them. Ba- so, they weren't So, they didn't block the Bachelorette. So, good for them. Good job, Lakers. <laughs> Go, Lakes. Lake show. I think it was Lake Show. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not a fan of the Lakers. She said, Go, Lakes. Go, Lakes. You would think I have no idea what sports are, by the way I sounded just now. I don't. Yeah, you really don't. No. See, I knew what all of that meant in there. Josh, what's a triple-double? I have no idea. Just guess. A triple-double? Yes. Well, I know it's basketball, so. What's a double-double? And then we'll go from what's a double-double to what's a triple-double. I don't know what a double-double is. 
Okay, so double double. Bounce, bounce. So no, it has Turn, nothing bounce, to do bounce. with the actual basketball. I don't know. Okay, so like a double double. So you have categories, right? You have mm. points, rebounds, assists, turnovers, mm-hmm. things like that. So a double double is when you get two categories, and you're in double digits in both of those categories, right? Mm-hmm. So say so, say he had a double double, and say it was just twenty eight points and fourteen rebounds. That's Correct. a double double because he was in double digits. A triple double is when you have double digits, double digits, <laughs> double digits in three categories. So he had a triple double, which was twenty eight points, fourteen rebounds, ten assists. Do you know what an assist is? Mm-hmm. Good job, Josh. Do you really? I think it's when you pass the ball to somebody and they they make the shot. Yeah, immediately make the shot. Yeah. Yes, I knew that. That's what I was really good at. Assisting. Yes, I was a very good passer. I had like I would always have like just because I like never like to shoot the ball I'd have like like nine points and like thirty five assists because I would just pass it to Deja and Kendra. <laughs> They'd have like fifty points, but I'd have like thirty five assists. I was really proud of that. <laughs> I was a really good passer in, in high school. Then I quit because I was very depressed during basketball season. Yeah, you really were. I was very grouchy. I hated it. I loved it, but I hated it. It was it was a tough time. Tough time in life. Um, some sad news, um, out of the rock world, guitarist Eddie Van Halen has died. Uh, this is from CNN. Eddie Van Halen, the renowned lead guitarist of iconic rock group Van Halen has died, according to a social media post by his son. He was 65. Um, the post from his son said, quote, he was the best father I could ever ask for. Um... Every moment I've shared with him on and off the stage was a gift. Uh, Wolf Van Halen, which is his son, um, said his father died after a long and arduous, bat- arduous, arduous, yeah. so close, battle with cancer on Tuesday morning. Um, Eddie Van Halen, whose full name was Edward Edward Lodwich Van Halen. And his brother, Alex Van Halen, began performing together as teens, but formed the core of what would later become Van Halen after meeting David Lee Roth. Over four decades, Van Halen released more than a dozen albums together. The third lead guitarist, Wizardry, anchored the band through four turbulent decades of platinum albums, sold-out tours, and revolving door of lead singers from Roth to Sammy Hager to Gary Sharon and back to Hager and Roth again. His solos crackled like lightning and powered all the band's signature songs. That was really good writing, CNN. Um, Powered all the band's signature songs um, like Running with the Devil, Panama, Hot for Teacher, Why Can't This Be Love, and, of course, Jump, their only number one hit, which topped the pop singles charts in 1984. Van Halen also famously lent his guitar solos to Michael Jackson for Beat It, the smash 1983 hit from the Aww. landmark Thriller album that metal Jackson's huh. silky pop with a harder rock edge. Van Halen is a jam. It's an absolute jam. And I think, um, I'm not really a guitar player, but guitar players like people like John Mayer and all these um, very popular, very talented guitar players all credited him with the inspiration to become guitar players. So, yeah, it was very um, influential very talented so that was very sad news um for people who loved his music 
Kelly Clarkson has been sued by her ex-father-in-law. Freaking Narvel. That's his name, Josh. Narvel. Narvel. He doesn't deserve anything because he divorced. He che- I'm pretty sure he cheated on Reba. Who cheats on Reba? It's awful. What kind of person would you have to be to cheat on Reba? Yeah, and then you sue your daughter-in-law if your son divorced her. Narvel's a freaking loser. Yeah, here, Narvel. Big chump. Narvel's a chump. Yeah, here, Narvel. Anyway, let me read the story here. Go on, get. Get out of here, Narvel. Kelly Clarkson is being is facing a lawsuit from the management company owned by her ex-husband, Brandon Blackstock's far, <laughs> farther. Farther? Farther. It's from father. his farther. <laughs> it's further. I feel like uh, Dr. Evil off of Austin Powers. You ever watch that? No. Have you not? Austin Powers? You've never watched Austin Powers? Doesn't sound familiar. Are you serious? No. Oh my god. I don't think. You never watched Austin Powers. No, I don't get My uncles had me and my sister watching that one. She was like a literal toddler. I remember watching when I was little too. It's like a family staple. That and Ricky Bobby. I can quote them like the back of my hand. Ricky who? Ricky Bobby. That's why I told your brother today when speed limits were just a suggestion and I was like, if you ain't first, you're last. That was it right there. Oh, never watched it either. You've never... Like, Talladega Nights, like, Will Ferrell, you know no idea what I'm talking about? I'm not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, we might have to pause because Brandy's like... I cannot continue over. on with this story until I need... What? You've no. never watched those? No. Have you Have you watched um, Elf? Will Ferrell? Yes. You've watched Elf? Okay, mm-hmm. have you watched Anchorman? No. Oh my god. Have you watched Blades of Glory? That's a good one. No. Is this all Will Ferrell? Yeah. I hate Will Ferrell. Okay, but you've... I can't believe you've never watched Austin Powers. You don't know who Dr. Evil is? No. Guys, I wish y'all could, like, see the tension. I... Oh my god, I literally I don't know what to say. I've never met someone who's never watched Austin Powers. Well, now you have. This is insane. I've had... We're going to have to take a break. Hold on. Take a break, Josh. Okay, we, we took a break. I let him watch some scenes from Austin Powers. They were not very funny scenes. Um, so whoever's doing funny scenes on YouTube, do a better job. He was unimpressed, um, but he's just going to have to watch the whole movie. I also let him watch a scene from Ricky Bobby, the dinner table scene. He did laugh at that several times. You still have to watch the whole movie, you know, in its entirety to understand why it's such a masterpiece. But anyway, let's get back to the story that we were on. Uh, Kelly Clarkson being sued. So she's being sued by Brandon Blackstock's father. The lawsuit alleges she owes $1.4 million in unpaid commission from her TV shows. Starstruck Management Group filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court on Tuesday, asserting that the singer owes her longtime managers $1.4 million in commission. Clarkson married Brandon Blackstock, the son of Starstruck owner Narvel Blackstock, in 2013 and filed for divorce in June 2020. The couple shared daughter River Rose Blackstock, 6, and son Remington, Four. Uh, 
The lawsuit obtained by E! News accuses her of a breach of an oral agreement because she, quote, decided that she is going to stop paying Starstruck what is contractually owned. Owed. The 38-year-old performer started with a Nashville-based company in 2007, allegedly agreed to pay, quote, an industry standard commission fee of 15% of her gross earnings, which include future earnings from projects she started while under Starstruck. The filing claims that Clarkson paid the commissions throughout her career until recently in 2020 she allegedly owed 3.3 Oh my god. Okay. Owed 3.36 um I'm going to assume million dollars. It just says 3.36 dollars. There's no way. In estimated commissions but has only paid 1.92 million so far. The 1.44 million dollars still due is um likely from her work on the voice and the kelly clarkson show the management firm estimates that she'll owe at least 5.4 million by the end of the year in total thanks to her talk show and her deal with e-commerce <laughs> the e-commerce site wayfair uh quote over the course of approximately 13 years starstruck developed clarkson into a mega superstar the suit states starstruck contends that the clarkson def- defendants are Obligated to continue to pay Starstruck commissions. Uh, E-News reached to Clarkson's team for comment, but they haven't heard back from her. Okay, guys. So, The Bachelorette had the first episode of the new season aired Tuesday, October 13th. Um, So, um, each week, I will do a... um, Segment. Yeah. A Bachelorette episode recap. So, if you want to watch it, follow along. Uh, you can. If not, you don't want to watch it, but you want to know what's going on, I got you. Um, so, i am got this. Um, I'm going to take some from this article in the New York Post because they kind of explain it better than I can. And I'm just going to provide my opinions and some hot takes. So, um, the new season aired Tuesday, October 13th. And it was supposed to be filming like like March like the beginning of March when COVID hit um, I think actually it was supposed to start in April and it didn't because of COVID so uh, they finally were able to film and um, it finally aired this week and so here we go despite not finding love on The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor in Paradise again or The Bachelor Winter Games Claire Crawley is sure that this time around she'll end up with a ring on her finger in season 16. Um, So she, Claire Crawley, is the bachelorette this season. She's 39 years old, which isn't a big deal, but she makes it a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, She always, like... She's probably one of the oldest ones, right? I'm pretty sure it's the oldest one. Um, Which, in the first episode, it was very refreshing to have someone that old because they spoke in full coherent sentences and like just handle things like a real adult you know what i mean it was very instead of like 22 year olds like fighting over a champagne bottle it was oh my god yeah yeah like they literally fought over a champagne bottle last year but um she has been on the show she's been in the bachelor bachelor in paradise twice and bachelor winter game so she's been on the show four times and nothing has come of it um so it says, living in a COVID-free La Quinta, La Quinta, how do you say that? 
Q U I N T A. Yeah. La Quinta. La Quinta Resort in La Quinta, California, the oldest bachelorette in televised history, spent her first episode smiling as though she lived in a pre-corona utopia, despite the fact that she filmed the rest of the show in July while cases around the country searched. So, um, I think that she, the week that the lockdowns were announced, mm-hmm. she was already like at the bachelor mansion. You know, they. The contestants kind of quarantine anyway for three or four days before the season starts um, filming um, because they take your phone away like you are shut off from the rest of the world. So she was already in that stage of filming uh, when lockdown was started. So they had released all of her guys. They have they put out who's going to be on her season because beforehand you, you don't know usually don't know. Yeah. So they had released that. So when they had to cancel filming, she knew who was going to be on her season. They also ended up recasting to get some older guys because they had casted a bunch of like 20-year-olds, 23-year-olds. She's 39. Like, there was no way that was going to work. So they took that chance to recast a bunch of guys, but she knew the bulk of them was going to... So she had the opportunity to like look them up on Instagram, like do all the stuff which she wouldn't have had the chance to do beforehand. That So that's why this season's going to be a little unique in that sense because she's had the opportunity that no one else has had so um they finally they got them all to a resort they rented out the resort instead of going to the bachelor mansion like travel around because they usually like travel around to like different states different countries um, for the season so they're going to be at this resort for the whole season so they had to test them all for covid they all had to like quarantine for two weeks get their results and all this stuff so um, after months of being stuck indoors with family members and roommates, America got to see 31 guys complain about being alone in a luxurious hotel room for two weeks. Um, this, this is what this article says, and it says, what resiliency? At least we know they're doing all, they're doing all the way up the brain coronavirus test because they showed us that the producers somehow felt the need that we wanted to see, um, them get their coronavirus test. Um, and they also kind of, like, gave her, they, like, came through the doors of them and, like, gave them results like they were on the Mari show. You were telling me about this. was like, Claire, this. you are negative for COVID. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, just, it was so unnecessary. Like, they just reminded us about this crap hole of a year that we've had, and there was no need. We just didn't want it. We, I mean, the point of, like, We were watching the show to, to not think it. about it, yeah. and you've drawn us back in uh but so that was about like 40 minutes of this two-hour episode was them talking about quarantine and talking about how they got to where they are (laughs) so then finally they got to the intro so josh uh i'm sure you haven't watched this which is fine i'm gonna explain it to you so the bachelor or the bachelorette's either a man or a woman this it's a woman because it's a bachelorette so she stands in front of the, usually it's a bachelor mansion, but this time it was the La Quinta Resort. She stands out front. The contestants show up in limos. They do an entrance. They introduce themselves. They go into the the, the place. And then, then they have a cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Which is basically, this is all night one. So I don't, I'm, let's say it starts at like 7 p.m. And then they do the rose ceremony at like, six or seven in the morning like they literally are up all night and so the intro so she's standing outside they all pull up in their limos right okay 
So they introduced themselves, and so I'm going to talk about some of the entrances we had here. So there were some really nice meetings, um, like when she met Del Moss, who Del is who she's rumored to leave the show with early on. So I think I did a story uh, several, several episodes ago when this all broke, is that she has she ended filming early, like two or three weeks into filming. Uh, her and Del have fallen in love, and she left. And they were going to have to bring in a new bachelorette. None of, none of it's really, like, confirmed. But so many news stories came out about it that it has to be true. So, um, Del Moss is that guy. And so, Del gets out of the limo and she goes in, like, full-on panic mode because she's just starstruck and, like, in love with this guy. And after they talked, he left and she's, like, sweating. And she says, I knew it. I definitely feel like I just met my husband. I'm shaking. Um, every other guy I felt confident with, but Dale, I felt something that I've never felt. Like, she was literally just... Having a fit. Yeah, and she's like, I've met my husband. That's him. And, like, Chris Harrison, like, comes lurking out of the shadows. He's like, did you just say you met your husband? She's like, yeah, I did. And you can see it in his brain. He's like, oh, Oh. no. Like, this isn't good. Nope. And so, obviously, everybody's like, like, oh, they definitely talked over quarantine. Like, they've definitely been texting. There's no way you act like that if you've never met somebody. Which I could see that. But also, I could be like, maybe she's just genuinely, like, love like love at first sight. Right. But I'm talking about some other entrances here. We had Jason, who was a former pro football lineman, wore a fake pregnant belly to, quote, prove that he is willing to hold the weight of the relationship and the labor of love. Um... It was a reference to what she did when she was on The Bachelor, but it wasn't funny then, and it wasn't funny now. Uh, Tyler, so Tyler, Josh, Tyler C., he's from Morgantown. Really? He's a lawyer, and he rolled up in a station wagon, um, and he said he, quote, packed his entire life to come out there and be with Claire, but uh, he ruined those chances because he started some drama, and we'll get into that here in a minute, but Tyler C., yeah, West Virginia boy. Uh, Harvard, so right after Tyler C. pulled up in a station wagon, Bennett, uh, who went to Harvard, uh, pulled up in a Rolls Royce. Big fancy car. He had a scarf. Yeah. Um, people said he looked like the villain from Lazy Town. Did you ever watch Lazy Town? Yes. He looks like, uh, Robbie Rotten. Oh, no. See, I didn't see it, but I could see, like, he's a rich guy. He's the villain. You know what I mean? Uh But he, his name was Bennett. Um, anesthesiologist Joe wore a stethoscope to, uh, heal her love life. Uh, a guy named Easy, I liked Easy, he was really fun. Um, he's a former pro athlete as well, jumped out of a sign that said, your future husband. Uh, Jay wore a straight jacket because he, quote, went a little crazy while waiting to meet Claire. This guy not only wore the straight jacket while he met Claire, he kept it on all night. Oh, God. The entire... He was at the rose ceremony with it on. Broad daylight outside. Had the jacket on. That's just He never weird. took it off, apparently. Weird. Chasen. Stupid name, but... It's not, a terrible name. Awful name. Um, someone said he looked... He was the most looking Chasen in the history of Chasen's. <laughs> um, he uh, wore a full suit of armor and had no pun to explain why which uh was a wasted opportunity i think i guess he was just like i'm your knight in shining armor and then he just took off the armor and left it there he just took it off and then he walked inside and then she was like what the heck am i supposed to do with all this armor wasted opportunity Um, i feel like 
just having armor is like well, extremely expensive. I'm sure the producers gave that to him. The producers meddle in a lot, and I'm convinced that they were like, you should wear this armor. There's no way he came up with that on his own. No way. No. Uh, Damar <laughs> wore a parachute because he, quote, fell for Claire already. And then he just drugged the parachute around with him. He didn't even sky... Like, he should have skydove in. Yeah. And he didn't. He just walked up with the parachute out of the limo. It made no sense. Uh, Ed was in a bubble because he... Um, this says Ed wore a bubble because wore a bubble gestures widely to the contagious air. Oh, <laughs> they, the article meant Ed wore a bubble because, and then like move your arms around like you're gesturing because of Corona. Oh, yeah, I read it though. I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. It's like, but he didn't even stay in the bubble. He rolled up and then got out of it. Like, what was the point? Nothing. One, the first guy that got out was like, "Here, let's take a deep breath together." They ain't breathed on each other. I'm like, "Excuse me, Corona." That's when I looked at my mom. I was like, "This is a Covis crockpot. Covis crockpot here." Covis. I future reference. Um, I don't say Covis because that's how I think it's pronounced. My grandpa said that once, and now we just run with it. So it's Covis. Got to. Got um, to. So once we got into the cocktail ceremony, Tyler C., West Virginia boy, made a name for himself. And so this article reads, the Oscar goes to Tyler C., who caused the first, quote, here for the right reasons fight uh, of the season. Coming into, the, he says, so he is doing his um, in-the-moment interview. and says, coming into this, I was in a weird position to learn some stuff about Yosef. Uh, Yosef is another contestant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told the other suitors, a lot of being reckless on Instagram and flirting with girls where I'm from who know me. Playing the quote, looking out for Claire card, Tyler confronted Yosef about the allegations, who then tattled to Claire. So Tyler handled it respectfully. He was like, Yosef, you know. I love that name, Yosef. Yeah, he pulled him to the side. He's like, I, you know, I know you've been DMing all these girls. Um, who and they told me and all this stuff and then Yosef goes to Claire who's talking to these other guys and he's like Tyler told me like this stuff whatever so then Claire gets them both like a real woman and was like you know what sit down this is night one why are you doing this already first of all and then he was like she was like Yosef have you been talking to girls he was like well I don't know I don't even know how to explain this and he was like I have a daughter. I was like, well, that's not an answer. Yeah. And then she was like, is there a girl out there? She's like, do you have a girlfriend? He's like, no. And she was like, is there a girl out there that thinks you are her boyfriend? That thinks you're dating? He's like, no, I have a daughter. I'm like, bro, that's not an answer. But anyway, it hurt Tyler's chances because then she was just mad at both of them. But because there was two of them, the producers obviously made her keep one. And I'll explain that in a minute. Um, she did not stick around long for that. It was like a minute-long conversation. And she was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I've got other men to, you know, talk to. Tend to. Tend to. Uh, so it says, Yosef reportedly stirs a pot in coming episodes. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that when it happens. Um, so Claire kissed some guy. She didn't kiss as many as Peter did on his season. Uh, me and my little cousin were talking about that the other day. He watched The Bachelor with me because I'm a really good influence. 
And um, so I was telling him, I'm like, you know, the bachelorette started. And he was like, oh, my gosh. And I'm explaining. He's like, did she kiss all the guys? I'm like, no. He was like, well, the bachelor kissed. He kissed all of those girls. It was awful. And I'm like, yeah. She only kissed two guys, though, that we saw, uh, which is good for her. Maybe she's, you know, restrictive because of Covis. A little restraint. The Covis crockpot. Uh, it says here, Claire kissed Blake Moynes, who she claimed was the, quote, only man who reached out to her during a pre-production period, despite it being, quote, against the rules. But technically, there are no rules. You can really do anything, but there are kind of, like, guidelines that you have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there aren't really rules. Um, but she gave the first impression rose to Dale, who literally made her sweat by just meeting him. That's just wrong. But, like, same. I could see that. He was a very good-looking guy. Um, the two connected further over their shared, quote, feelings and, quote, energy. Uh, he also nabbed the second kiss of the night. Talk about a hashtag vibe check. I hate that, New York Post. Why did you write that? That's awful. Vibe check. Ugh. So, the rose ceremony. I think there's 30 guys, Josh. I'm not dead set on that number. I could look it up, but I don't want to. Um, so, she had 30 guys to pick from. 30 guys. Um, but she sent home... 8 guys. So... Um, she had 22 roses to give out. Eight of them didn't get it. And, um, obviously Dale, so Dale got the first impression rose, so he was um, automatically in. And the only other person I wanted to get a rose was Easy. He got one, so I was good. Uh, she sent home, um, Tower C because he's a drama starter. You gotta get rid of those. He ruined that for, he made a bad name for himself and for West Virginia. You know what I mean? You don't show up. I'm shocked. You know, it's embarrassing. You know what I mean? But anyway, he went home. He's done. She kept Yosef over him, which Yosef wasn't a creepy looking guy, but he kind of looked, people were saying he gave off um, vibes like Joe from you. Oh, gosh. Yeah, very, very sketchy guy. Um, she sent home Mike, um, of which I have no idea who that is. Uh, Chris, Paige, AJ, Jeremy, Jordan M, and Robbie. I have no idea who any of those guys are. One of them was a chef, and he was very creepy. He was very upset that she sent him home. I think, honestly, he went... It's crazy to say, but he genuinely went on that show because he wanted to date Claire Mm. instead of just, like, going on the show because it's The Bachelor. You know what I mean? How dare him? But, like, he was gone. And he was creepy, too. No wonder she sent him home. (laughs) But, um... There's speculation that we should probably get two or three more episodes, two, maybe two or three more weeks, maybe four weeks um, at the most. And then there's supposed to be rumored a new Bachelorette coming in, Tasha. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, they did a preview of, um, you know, the season. They do like a promo video at the end of the first episode, and you're supposed to make everybody go crazy decide on what's going to happen. But, uh you know, there seems to be a fight, and somebody's like, I expected this from the oldest uh, bachelorette ever, and she's like, I may be, you know, 39 and single, but I am that because I never settled for guys like him. I'm dying to figure out who she's talking about. So, we shall see. I will keep everybody updated. I will do a recap every week of the episodes, so stay tuned for that. Also, I wanted to discuss a very important uh day that occurred the other day on monday 
Um, so what would that have been? The 12th? On Monday, October the 12th, it was a very momentous day. Uh, on this day, which would have been the 12th, 13 years ago, Britney Spears shaved her head for our sins. Our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> for our sins. For our sins. She shaved her head I'm for I'm telling our you sins. guys, Britney's something something's bad wrong with Brandy. Just that I She's love Britney like Spears. What's wrong with, with that? There's nothing wrong with that, Josh. I support her in everything that she does. I remind her of that too on her Instagram. Yeah, she say, so Britney, I love you. Britney, we love you. We support you. Who's we? Who's this we? What you speak of? The millions of fans, Josh, <laughs> adoring fans. <laughs> Can't say that for you. Nope. You know what I mean. So. She shaved her head for our sins, Josh. That's something I'll never be able to say that I did. So, God bless you, Britney Spears. It is time for Artist of the Week. This week we have the Isaacs. I think we talked about them a little bit, our first podcast. We weren't really prepared for our first podcast, but we discussed them a little bit. Um, but the Isaacs, they're an amazing southern gospel group, bluegrass incredibly incredibly talented singers songwriters musicians um there's really not enough you can say about their talent and their capabilities but um they have released a two singles off of their new upcoming album um called songs for the times so they did this was very unique um they recorded this over quarantine but they live streamed their recording sessions so they'd be in the studio for like 12 hours a day on the week. I think they did weekends um, for like probably two or three weeks. Spent a lot of time. They Facebook lived all of it. And it really gave you a glimpse into what a real recording session is like on a scale that large. It was very impressive. We even got to see uh, Sonia and Becky, which are the two sisters, um, we got to see them argue over phrasing for a song. Um, it was the highlight of my quarantine. It was phenomenal. Me and Josh were both watching it at the same time and just taking them like, did they are mad at each other? They are genuinely <laughs> upset with each other. Like she, Becky is so mad right now. Um, it was it was momentous. It was momentous. And so they recorded a CD. I didn't really know. Um, they were like asking for like donations. You could like pre-order the CD and like get a signed copy. And I told Josh, I was like, I'm about to send them $30 just because they were arguing on Facebook live. It was phenomenal. I loved it. The highlight of my quarantine. Um, but Saturday night I got an Apple music, uh, notification that they had released two songs off their new album. And one, the one track number three is called the wilderness and track number 10 called, Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around, which on that one is the Isaacs, Angela Prim, and Jason Crabb. And it's really just like a group song um, with like an acoustic drum and a dobro. I'm pretty sure. Maybe a little bit of guitar in there. Maybe. There's like less than three instruments, I'm pretty sure. But The Wilderness phenomenal song phenomenal lyrics um i just get more and more impressed with every song that they release every song that they write i'm like there's no way they can beat their last song and then they do 
they're just so talented. It's it's unbelievable. But um, it's a beautiful song. It's beautiful. You really need to check it out. And um, their album will be released on October twenty third. So keep an eye out for that. We will be doing a album review. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. This you guys thought I talked a lot about Taylor Swift's album. Wait till the wait, Isaacs. Wait till this happens. It's a day before my birthday too, so I think you know Sonia and Becky were like teamed up with Jesus. Yeah, they were like, like Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. How can we make Brandy's year just even better? After she got to see us fight, and he was like, release the album a day before her birthday. And they're release. Like, got it. They were like, okay, Jesus. Done. And so that's what they did. They're releasing it then. And I'm very excited. Very excited. So that's our artist of the week. The Isaacs. Maybe one day we'll go into more depth about them as a group. Oh, we certainly will. But not today. Maybe we'll have like a 40 or 50 minute segment. Maybe we'll just, just do a podcast on the, the Isaacs. Isaacs. Yeah. We can. We may. That is it's coming in the future, guys. In the future. But that's our artist of the week. Go check out their new upcoming album, Songs for the Dimes. It is time for our quote of the week. Of which I picked this week. Uh-huh. I was going to go with Queen Elizabeth II, uh, Queen of England, obviously, because she is a living legend. But I looked for a lot of her quotes, and I just didn't see any that I was like, you know what, I'm going to use that one. And there's no way that she's like 99 years old. I mean, she's not that old, but she's been living for like 6,000 years. I don't know how she doesn't have more usable quotes, but somehow she doesn't. And, or I didn't, I didn't really dig that deep. But so then I was like, you know what? I'm going to move on to another legendary British figure in Mr. Winston Churchill. Um, does he have a title, Josh? Prime Minister. Was, no, but was it just like, sir? Probably, Sir, sir yeah, Winston Churchill. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew he was Prime Minister. Because that's on the, he and Queen Elizabeth had a very good relationship while he was Prime Minister for like the last time he was Prime Minister. Yeah. Because it was like multiple times, wasn't it? Like two, twice, I think. Twice, yeah. And that's like when she first like started as queen, and he really guided her and directed her. But she put him in his place when he needed to be put right. in his place. Yeah, she's a legend. But I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go with Winston Churchill because I love listening to that man talk. I have no idea what he's saying when he talks, but I love it. So it's easier to read his quotes than to listen to his quotes. But I found this one and I liked it. So the quote of the week is from Sir Winston Churchill. It says, quote, Josh, are you ready? Mm-hmm. It says, quote, I am prepared to meet my maker. Whether my maker is prepared for the ordeal of meeting me is another matter. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I feel like Richard would say that. Yeah. I, that is a Richard quote yeah. if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I need to tell him that next time I see him. But like, Richard, this is something you would say. Yeah. I feel like you've said this before. He'll be like. Probably say so, yes. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he'll think it's so funny he'll let me be mar- be buried in the in the cemetery behind your church. That's my goal now, Josh. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you if I can buy a plot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I hate it so much. Okay. But that is our quote of the week from Sir Winston Churchill. I feel like my impression of him saying this is this. You ready, Josh? Mm-hmm. I'm prepared to make a make a he really just mumbles. Yep. I have no idea what he says. 
That's my awful Winston Churchill impression. It's a separate language. So if you guys want to like clip that and use it as blackmail against me, um, I wouldn't be mad at you. It'd be fun. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that impression. Proud of my attempt at that. I worked on that. I worked hard on that. She did. So she Josh, did. Uh, now that we're talking about, you need to watch The Crown. I know. Absolutely, you need to watch it. You are watching Shit's Creek, which I'm happy about. I'm very happy about that. Thank you, Brandy. Ding! That was his coffee cup. That was a score to point, sorry. <laughs> that, that was a triple-double. <laughs> yeah, triple-decker, whatever <laughs> they're sorry. <laughs> the triple-decker BLT is what that was. <laughs> so random, I'm sorry. We probably so- have like three listeners in the whole world. <laughs> Of like two <laughs> listeners, and they're it's like, "It's me and you." <laughs> like, I only got two downloads. No, it's three. Like, it's me, you, and your mama. And <laughs> she only it's downloads like, it because I subscribed on her iPad. Down- <laughs> no, this is what she does. Before she gets in the shower, she'll take her phone and she'll turn on the podcast, and then she'll just mute it and let it play while yeah. she's in the shower. And then come back and be, "Oh, this is your podcast. This is great." She has an iPad. She has a track phone. She doesn't have a, a cell phone. Josh, she has like one million minutes. I told her, I was like, that's what I want. When you're gone, I want you to leave. I was like, whoever gets that track You want her to leave you her minutes? Yes, Josh. You know, I could live the rest of my (laughs) life and never have to buy any minutes. She's got, I'm like, not, not joking, Josh, like a million minutes on that little, and it's a little, it's a smartphone track phone, and it's probably half of a regular iPhone. It's about yay big. And she, it's handy. I mean, you get cell service where no one else does. Yeah. So, track phone, that's the way to go. If you just, like, buy minutes every year and just don't use them. Heck, we need to get track phone to sponsor us. Track phone, hit us up. Hit us up. You're you're the way to go. I'm about to go buy a track phone now. (laughs) If you sponsor us, I will buy a track phone. Or you could give me one for free. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I probably wouldn't use it, but. It'd be great to have an emergency. gone. It'd be great to have an emergencies. <laughs> My grandma needs a new one. She's a loyal track phone. She's she had a flip phone track phone. Okay, she went from like a little box, like their little Nokia's. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? It was a track phone. It was like yay big. And then she went from that one to like a flip phone track phone. And now she has a smartphone track phone with a neon green case around it. Legendary. She's leveling up in track phones. She is, and she's kept the same minutes since she's had that little Nokia looking track phone. It's impressive. It's. It's very impressive. I mean, I really could live the rest of my life with the minutes on that track phone. I wouldn't need any more. I'd never run out. That's impressive. It is impressive. That is a goal we should all reach in our life. Live your life to where you have enough minutes that you never have to buy anymore. <laughs> that was so inspirational. You're welcome. Go out and live your life like that. Like you have so many minutes. To Live your life to the fullest of minutes. <laughs> Live your life like you are my mom's track phone and you have unlimited amount of minutes. That's that's really what I meant to say. Right. All right, guys. So follow us on Facebook at Pick and Politics and we'll keep you updated about our podcast. Remember that freedom is never more than a generation away from extinction.